0: another week and yet another conference this time around it's lean agile brighton 2023 and me your host ben maynard is going to be interviewing some of their best speakers to get their talks in 10 what can you expect from this conference hot topics that relate to the challenges of modern agility how leadership needs to change and how we need to fund products not projects perhaps so sit tight it's going to be almost like you're there with us Today's episode of the Product Agility Podcast comes with a special gift in association with Ahaslides, your go-to engagement tool for fun, engaging and effective learning and workshop experiences. Whether I am teaching the criticality of a clear and compelling product vision or facilitating a product strategy workshop, Ahaslides always makes it a more elevating and effective experience through its polls, quizzes and brainstorming tools discover how AHA Slides can elevate both your in-person or remote experiences by visiting AHA Slides and use the code AHAXPROD, which is also in the show notes, for a whopping 50% off of an annual subscription. Next up, Dan Gibson at Lean Agile Brighton 2023. Uh, Dan, this is your second time on the podcast. It is. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Slightly different because this time it's in real life. It is in real life. I love real life. <laughs> <laughs> like before, it wasn't. Before it was just avatars. I know. And your talk, I really enjoyed some interesting little nuggets in there as we went along. As you went along, and we'll yeah. I'll pick out some of okay. those well as we go. Yeah. But if yeah. you could give the audience an introduction, a bit briefly to yourself, yeah. and also to your your talk, and then we'll yeah. take it from there.
1: Yep, yeah. I'm in brief. Dan Gibson, head of consultancy for Ad Agility. My talk was basically called Fund Products, Start an Evolution. And what it's doing is really looking at how funding actually inhibits agility in a lot of large organisations. And basically, we go into detail about why that is. And then we give the alternative ways that you could fund products or value streams or whatever you want to fund. And what we look at... and This is particularly pertinent to the talk, is little pushes you can give an organisation because when you're talking about money and investment, people are very reluctant to change. So these are gentle pushes that can help take everybody with you on the journey in the organisation. So that's essentially the nature of it.
0: So these gentle pushes of which you speak, what are these gentle pushes?
1: There's a number of gentle pushes. So the first one really is, um, I don't think you're ever going to win the battle against the inadequacies of annual funding and annual budgeting within your organisation. So the first nudge is about actually hijacking that process and using it to fund long-lived teams. And then that becomes a stable base to do the other nudges. Nudge two is about moving away, trying to move away from the iron triangle, which around a lot of this budgeting stuff is based. It's give me some detail about what you're going to deliver and then deliver it. And we give some options to move away from that. Nudge three is about closing the loop in terms of the stuff you're promising to deliver. How do we give prominence to things like business metrics so that you can actually prove you're going in the right direction? And how can you actually, which is quite difficult to do, which is uh, satisfy your financial masters, which actually is actually easier with some of the methods that we talked about. There's a lot of other things that we could talk about, but I only had 35 minutes. This was an hour talk, condensed, and I, I had to leave out a lot to save myself talking really fast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you prioritised what you were going to cover. Yeah. What, how did you make those decisions?
1: Yeah, I think the really basic things that I think you've got to put in to actually achieve... Uh, the, the goals here and the goals are really moving to a funding model. And it's like I said in the talk, I don't think you've got a bunch of agilists in the room and, and said, like, Map out our ideal funding model. Yeah, you know, I don't think they'd agree. But actually, I think everybody can agree on some values, which is you know, measure success by value, fund long lived teams, fund the whole product life cycle not just a short sighted pro- project. And there's one other which I forget because my head's all spinning at the moment. Yeah. But what underpins this all is, and I keep mentioning this all throughout the talk, is minimum viable bureaucracy. You can have to have a bit of bureaucracy when you're dealing with cash and money. But actually, what we want to try and do is limit the amount of that and undo some of the really kind of stuff that puts people off from the past. Uh, for example, I was at a large telco. I said, I was positioned with looking into the financial aspects of funding projects. And I said, how do you fund projects here? And they handed me a document, a hundred pages long. And it was utter garbage. And it's like, how do we get away from that to something that's simpler, leaner, and doesn't just put people off and make people leave?
0: (laughs) It's one thing I find really interesting is that with projects and trying to use projects to control and monitor yeah complex work yes, is this amazing I can't think of it as a systems thinking archetype for this, there yes. probably is, but it's this amazing thing where it just grows itself it's, it feeds itself, so you end up and excuse me I'm just going to close the door. You can probably hear in the background yeah. they're just starting up again, so I'm just going to close the door you, know, you try and control the work. Which isn't really predictable by yeah. trying to say how you're going to get from A to B, and then you, and stuff goes wrong along the way, yeah. and then that leads to more promises or broken promises, yeah. and then more bureaucracy, and then people think it's a failure in the bureaucracy or the planning, so they add more onto it, yes. and it just keeps growing and growing, yeah. costing more and more, and they get so obsessed with just trying to get the stuff out, they're ignoring all the waste or the bureaucracy that's been added, and the cost that yeah. comes with that. And I think this is what small product companies I've seen worked with—they begin to become less the product gets less valuable because they add all this crap around the delivery because they're trying to manage things like a product project rather than taking a product view.
1: yeah, I, I think were you there when I was talking about the Jim Collins references and the minimum viable bureaucracy and he talks about uh, he talks about the bureaucratic death spiral, which I think is a great word and so Jim Collins in this book good to great. It's an awesome book, and he tracks the progress of organisations that were really high-performing and then contrasts them against other organisations. And he tracks exactly what you talked about, which is a bureaucratic death spiral, which is basically organisations make mistakes. They put bureaucracy in place to try and mitigate those mistakes. And interestingly enough, you mentioned the project there. It's a bit... We, you've talked about this not being a suitable vehicle for doing complex work. Well, it's not. And it, mistakes are going to arise. So bureaucracy goes in place to mitigate the mistakes. And then what happens is a bunch of people like all the people who would attend an Agile conference who are pretty good because they're interested in their own careers. Go, this is bullshit. Let's go. And then the organisation loses good people. And then... The organisation gets worse and then they put in more bureaucracy because more mistakes are made. So it's this downward spiral. And uh, yeah, I think uh, the bureaucratic death spiral, fantastic.
0: What a lovely mental image that is, isn't it? (laughs)
1: Lovely mental image. Yeah, and the cost of it, amazing. So uh, I would have referenced the paper by Gary Hamill and Michelle Zazzini there as well. And they talk about this $3 trillion prize for busting bureaucracy. And this is the opportunity cost, just in the US alone of ridding organisations of needless bureaucracy. So just think how much savings there are in all the organisations we're in of just getting rid of some of this stuff.
0: So why do you think that people find it so hard to make this shift and remove some of the bureaucracy?
1: Yeah, it's people changing what they've done. I think you spoke to Dan earlier, didn't you? And it's like, we've done this way all the time, and p- particularly around money and funding, people are really scared to change because it's, it's money oh, and, and it's funding and they're comfortable. The other thing, the other reason organisations don't change is because obviously uh, the people, the gatekeepers of these processes and the arbiters of these processes, they don't feel the pain, actually. For them, actually, it's employment, and for them it's... Uh, Safety, and they think it's working, and they think when it doesn't work, it's they think it's because people aren't following the process. So their impetus to change isn't that great, and so it does need a bit of a seismic shift in an organisation to actually change some of this stuff. And I think it's going to be it's going to be like the big social changes that happen in in the world. It's going to be a generational thing. The younger generation will. Implicitly understand that projects are a poor vehicle for this stuff. They are going to understand complexity. I don't think a lot of the older generation... I'm, I guess I'm part of the older generation. but the ones who don't keep learning. I don't think they appreciate that necessarily. So, there's, and the thing to do is, if you want to make change, you've actually got to get them on your side and include them on your team. So somebody asked me about just in the when we, were, when we were talking over coffee just then, they said, what do you do about finance being a blocker? And there's one of the things, in retrospect, it's probably the most, one of the most important things. It's like, If you want to get finance to go on the journey with you, you've got to include them in the change team. If you want to, if you want to change funding, get them in your agile centre of excellence, your lace or whatever you call it. And then they understand what you're trying to do they appreciate that you're understanding them, and they're actually tasked with being on a change program now. So they're going to have to implement some changes, right? And all this thing—it's about personal relationships, really, isn't it? Any change work—it's about actually getting to know the people and then being your friend rather than the enemy,
0: right? Reminds me of a conversation with Shelby about tents and pissing. We had a conversation earlier, <laughs> but. You can listen to the episode when it comes out, All Dan. Right. Well, thank you very much for that sharing that with brilliant. us. Uh, LinkedIn, great place to find you. Right. Your company, Agility. where can people find out more information about that and yeah. perhaps you or your talk? Sure. Adagility.com. That's
1: uh, that's our company website. But I'm on LinkedIn, Dan Gibson. Yeah, you can find me there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much, Dan. And thank you yeah. everyone for listening. Thank and uh, I think we are nearly done at Lean Agile Brighton. So thank you everyone for tuning in for these episodes. It's been great. If you haven't heard the previous ones with the likes of Dan... Daniel... I've forgotten his uh, double-barrel name now. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel North, but Daniel... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say it wrong sorry dan so we had dan north and we had shelby wilson and we had julia harrison and we had julie starling julie starling got interviewed in the toilet and i have dan gibson um there may be a chance i can grab maybe a couple of people more but i'm gonna officially sign off for me now Joe Brighton. thank you everyone for listening